If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Hey there, Todd. this hour there you've got a lot of good ones and so do i so let's look at what we had from last time we were here which was i think in december uh but uh, let's go over you had a 1968 kellison j6 panther sort of like a kit car that thing sold for sixty four thousand nine hundred and twenty eight dollars i didn't think it would go for anywhere near that how much sixty four thousand nine hundred and twenty eight dollars Wow. Yeah. Uh, you also chose a 1970 Dodge Super B, which was really pretty cool. It was bid to 65000 reserve not met. So it did not sell. Huh. Uh, that really cool 1967 Pontiac Firebird that you chose was bid to 21550 reserve not met. Uh, but the 1932 Ford uh, five-window coupe sold for $43,000. So somebody really wanted that car. Um, I had picked this really amazing 1957 BMW 507 Roadster. It was beautifully restored. It, you know, you're, 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 hang on for this one. It was bid to $1,957,507 and reserve was not met. It was bid to what? One million nine hundred and fifty-seven five hundred seven, and reserve was not met. Wow. Yeah, uh, the nineteen ninety-two Toyota Celica GTS uh, was bid to ten thousand five hundred, reserve not met. The nineteen sixty-four Buick Riviera, uh, which was I really liked it a lot, was sold for twenty-five thousand. Uh, nineteen ninety-five Ford Taurus SHO, which you don't see very often anymore, that was sold for three thirteen thousand two fifty. Uh, the nineteen, the you're, hang on for this one, the two thousand fourteen Toyota FJ Cruiser, you know that one that Kathy liked so much. Yes, that thing sold for fifty-five thousand dollars. Yikes. <laughs> way more than it costs new. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, the 1964, uh, 1964 Plymouth Fury, uh, sold for 35,250. So there were some interesting prices, some that did not sell. Very I, strange. I'm thinking that Kathy Sanchez probably was the one who bought that vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> did she have 55,000? It was a lot of money. <laughs> that's a, that's I don't know, but I'm, I'm just saying, you, you know, you really have to love something uh, to overpay <laughs> that kind of price for it. I think people think it's going to appreciate. I think it's kind of a, you know, I just, I hated the interior. It looks so cheap. The plastic was just right. awful. I remember um, that. Yeah, so uh, you know, and it had lots of blind spots. I didn't think it was Toyota's best uh, best time, but okay. Well, people are liking it now. So let's start with some auction picks that you had, and let's start with the nineteen uh, let's see nineteen sixty nine Dodge D one hundred Power Wagon. 
now this is a custom card. This was not. This is not stock. So apparently, what this is is that it's a 1969 D100 Power Wagon was acquired as a project by the current owner out of Nevada in 2013. So he's been working on this a long time, and it was subsequently uh, recommissioned and modified. Work include interior refreshment and a paint. Uh, repaint in two-tone red and black, uh, along with uh, the installation of a 5.3-liter General Motors V8 and a uh, four-speed automatic transmission. Additional modifications include a 17-inch American racing wheels, uh, four-wheel disc brakes, Crown Ford Crown Victoria front suspension, LED lighting, Dakota digital gauges, a heated bench seat, and a custom audio system. Uh, who doesn't out well, in, who doesn't like a a uh, a heated bench seat? I've never heard of a heated bench seat right. before. It's the first time I've heard of one. <laughs> so it, it's now offered by the seller on behalf of the current owner with service records, repair manuals, and a clean California title. It is in Long Beach. I, I got to say, I, it, it's quite a custom truck, but, you know, people like stock trucks. The question is, will they like the custom truck? I don't know if they're going to get their money back. Um, I it, almost, the bid is at two, the, the $2,000 right now. I almost feel like it's worthy of the Johnny Cash song, uh, One Piece at a Time, <laughs> or I Built well, It One Piece at, at a Time, or whatever that song was. Yeah, w one of the pictures in the in the uh, in, in the gallery is of all the receipts that they all of the money they spent <laughs> on this car, and I mean it is a lot of money. And so I mean, well, you, you know, know the, I'm looking you know at there's going to be a reserve on this one, thousands of dollars. Yeah, you know I mean, that you know that there's going to be a reserve where this one's concerned. Yeah, they've done so much work on this. I just, it's just, it's, it's really amazing to look wow. at all the the list of things they did. You know, here's here's a you know total of nine thousand dollars here, two thousand dollars there. I, I I don't know if it's going to sell, but it, they they've spent a ton of money on. Why this. would you have this kind of uh, project of passion and then get rid of it? Because you get tired and you know, you want something new, and the wife says you know there's no room for it and you get rid of it. I mean, you know, realistically, what do you do? I mean, you know, yeah. if you don't have that much room, you've done the project, you've spent seven years, you love it, now it's time for it to have a new owner, and you've got something else in mind that you want as your new project. Uh, people do that, and they probably lose money on it. Now, this one I thought was super interesting. This was the uh, ex Lauren Bacall, which you and I may remember who she is, uh, 1957 Imperial Crown South. Hampton four-door uh, hardtop. And when you say four-door hardtop, hard that means there's no C, uh, uh, B pillar when, you know, between the two doors. It's all open air. So it's pretty stunning. So it's what it says, is, and it's in turquoise. We've got to like that with big white sidewall tires. Uh, this 1957 uh, Imperial, it wasn't called Chrysler back then. It was a separate brand. It was owned by Chrysler, but it was called uh, Imperial Crown Southampton. Is a pillow, pillarless four-door hardtop that was sold new at uh, – Harger Haldeman Chrysler of Los Angeles, uh, California, to Hollywood film star Lauren Bacall on February 7th, 1957, less than three weeks after the death of her husband, Humphrey Bogart. 
Uh, the car is equipped with a 392 cubic inch firepower V8 paired with a push button, got a lot of them, uh, torque flight automatic transmission uh, and was uh, f- refinished in blue. Well, it looks turquoise to me, but blue over uh, a gray uh, leather interior uh, under previous ownership. Uh, features include power assisted steering and electro touch tuner radio. Wow. As well as power functions for the windows, uh, radio antenna, and front bench seat. A selling dealer acquired the car out of Indiana in September 2020 and had an electronic ignition system installed. It's now offered in California with 1957 sales literature, uh, period registration cards, factory manuals, partial service records, and a clean Michigan title. It's all over the place. So it's actually uh, right now sitting in Torrance, California. Uh, it's quite spectacular, especially with that trunk with the, uh, you know, it looks like the the, the spare tire. That's, I think yeah. that was an option at the time to make it look like it had a spare tire in the trunk, um, you know, in the metal. It's certainly a very sleek old car. Yes. I could actually see her driving it. Yeah. You know, I, I could see I could see it being. You know, this was a very expensive car, and its time it was it was very prestigious. This is not, you know, this was a you know a high end luxury American car, uh, the pinnacle of American engineering at this you know in 1957. So, yeah, it's it's a beauty. Indeed, so, it is. Yeah, the current bid is at thirty thousand dollars, and the auction closes in two days. I'm, so next I'm, week, we'll, I'm betting we'll, it's going to be held for more than that. Oh, yeah. I, no, no. I mean, I, I think when we come down to the wire, it's going yeah. to be a bit higher than that. So especially with the provenance that they can prove that it was Lauren Bacall and, you know, it's got, they've got all the paperwork for it. Uh, that's going to go for something. Including a collection uh, of the receipts and things that she had from yeah. the dealer. Yeah. In her name. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was the real deal. Um, let's see. Now, the next one you picked was someone's going to want a lot of money for this because for whatever reason, these are extremely expensive now. Yeah. I remember because you and I had another one of these, uh, quite some time back, several months ago. Uh, and we had a conversation about the 21 window. Yes. All the windows with the pop out front windows, you know, like the, you know, where the driver and passengers sit, those pop out as well. And we're talking about, of course, a VW bus. This is a 1966 Volkswagen Type 2 21 window deluxe Samba. Somebody spent a fortune restoring this car. A fortune. So it says this 1966 Type 2, uh, Volkswagen Type 2, is an eight-passenger 21 window deluxe Samba model that was built in October 1965 and delivered to New York. The seller purchased it in May 2019 and shipped the van to Hungary, where a subsequent refurbishment included metal repairs, uh, repaint in sea blue and cumulus white, an interior refresh with blue and white upholstery, uh, and the installation of replacement uh, 1.6 cc air-cooled flat four paired with a four-speed manual transaxle. Equipment includes cumulus white sliding uh, uh, soft roof, uh, six hinged side windows, safari-style windshield panels, um, let's see, four-wheel drum brakes, and uh, 14-inch steel wheels with chrome hubcaps. It's now offered with a matching floor, a matching door and ignition key, um, 
parts records, refurbishment photos, and uh, the um, auto museum, Volkswagen Auto Museum, and you know, certificate and clean Florida title, and it's in Sarasota, Florida. Now somebody's going to want six digits for this. I love it's up the. To 50, I love the interior of it too, and I do uh, too. And the thing is, when I look at this, and there's a photograph of it uh, from that profile side. Uh, where you see it with the doors all open and you can see the uh, benches that they have in there. And, and right. the upholstery on them is beautiful as well, um, as well as the upholstery inside the, the doors. Um, oh, yeah. And where I could see this, I see this thing as being like a shuttle between bars and nightclubs in downtown Palm Springs, you know? It would work, but you know something? It should have been electrified. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a much better thing to do is just, you know, electrify the thing. I, I right. could see it doing that. Uh, but it's but just yeah, this so is a very cool. slow I thing I love as well. those windows up along the top, uh, you know, where you're going up uh, to the... Uh, yeah, those, those Vista the windows or whatever you call yeah. them. I don't know what they call it. But yeah, they're, it's, all, it's quite spectacular. Yeah. It'd be very slow. So uh, this is Todd Bianco with John McMullen, all wrapped up on I Have Radio. We're talking Bring a Trailer, and we'll be right back. It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hi, John. Hey there, Todd. We're talking Bring a Trailer Picks, and you have another one this time. This is a 45-year-owned 1935 MGPB. So I'm not sure what the PB is, but okay. Uh, this is, you know, British, obviously, pre-war. Um, very interesting roadster. So let's mm. see what it says. It says this 1935 MG PB is finished in two-tone blue over blue leather and powered by an overhead cam 939cc, so not even one liter, in line four. Uh, paired with a four-speed, non-synchronized manual transmission. So double-clutch that thing. Uh, the car was uh, refurbished prior to its acquisition in the UK uh, in 1976 by its previous owner before being imported to the United States and subsequently placed in long-term storage from 85 to 2007 after which another three-year refurbishment began in 2008. 
disassembly was followed by the replacement of bearings, bushings, and rubber components, stripping and refinishing the body, uh, straightening and rechroming the bright work. The engine was overhauled, the interior was refurbished, and new wiring harnesses, harnesses were installed, after which the car was prepped for long-term storage again and placed on display at a museum from 2012 to 2020. Uh, recommissioning work in, God, they keep recommissioning this car in preparation for sale included an oil change, uh, filling the cooling system, uh, installing a new battery and repairs to the ignition, sw- ignition switch. So this MGPB is being offered in Illinois on behalf of the current owner with tools, side curtains, because God knows there's no windows on it, a tonneau cover. Yep. So just, you know, snap yourself in with the, you know, so the rain doesn't get out on everything. And registration booklets dating back to 1946. So during the war, I mean, just post-war, and then refurbishment photos and a clean Florida title. So it's in in Illinois with a clean Florida title. It's quite a car, and it's right-hand drive, so they didn't mention that in the the, – in the, the copy there, but it's right-hand drive. It's very British. Yes, it is. Uh, complete with wire spoke wheels, very big wire spoke wheels. Almost look like you know bicycle wheels. They're so they're so big, and yeah, the tires are so thin. Yeah, but they're cool. I like those wire spoke wheels. I think they're pretty neat. Oh, they're gorgeous with knockoff hubs. Yeah. Yes, they are, but they're a pain in the ass, and they really are difficult to maintain. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're 19 inches, and in those, you know, that that's a big wheel for the time. I have okay. to say, before we go on to your uh, picks this week, that I also found another vehicle and almost put it in that was a 1969 uh, Camaro Z28, and uh, it is in mint condition, and I think it only had less than 15,000 miles on it. It's already at like around 41,000 on the bids, uh, four speed manual transmission. Uh, and it was, uh, and it's done in a, a nice deep, uh, maroon and boy, it was a sweet car to look at too. 15,000 original. Doesn't Uh, say it it doesn't say if it is or not. It just probably says 15,000 TMU total, total mileage unknown. Uh, but it, it looks if it looks mint, I'll take your word for it. I don't see it right here, but yeah, um, those are nice. Those are really nice. And how much is it up to already? Forty-one thousand. When does it close? How many days? Uh, I don't recall. I'll let you look at it over the next break. Okay. And yeah, but, I'll check it out. Um, yeah, but that's uh, that. That's quite a. It's quite a nice car. I'm sure that that's going to go for a lot. All these things, people wait to the last minute on Bring a Trailer. Why? I do not know. Because Bring a Trailer is the only auction site that I know of that actually resets the clock at two minutes every time someone bids. So if you bid at one minute and 30 seconds, it resets it to two minutes. If you rebid, if you place a bid at seven seconds to go, it resets to you know, two minutes. So why people wait and then, you know, have this bidding war at the end, it always seems to happen. To piss Is people that, off. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, you know, again, I mean, I was watching one today and I, I don't remember what it was. It was something. 
Oh God, what was it? But it was, you know, they, they were bidding. It was slow bidding. You know, it was twenty two thousand two fifty, twenty two thousand five hundred, twenty three thousand, twenty three thousand five hundred, twenty four thousand. Someone just bid thirty thousand, and that was the end of it. Hmm. You know, they, they just said, "Okay, enough of this." You know, it, it's kind of like the boom. Here it is. Someone tried to top that, so thirty thousand. It sold at thirty thousand. I don't remember what it was, but again, it was just you know they were plodding along at two hundred and fifty you know dollar increments, and it's like okay, enough of this, boys. It's time to actually you know just get it over with and done. Well, still uh, to come, Todd, you've got a beautiful nineteen seventy Buick GSX Stage One, and I yes. can't wait to talk about that. Yes, uh, when we come back on Bring a Trailer, this is Todd Bianco with uh, John McMullen on iHub Radio, all revved up. Detroit and beyond. Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, Todd. Uh, before the break, you said that we were going to talk about this uh, 1970 Buick GSX Stage One. Um, what a beauty. Now, 1970 is a year I'm very familiar with because my dad had a 1970 Chevy wagon that you know, they were all they were all basically built on the same, you know, body platforms and you know they just had different, you know, things for different uh, divisions of of General Motors, but uh, this one this one's very special though. It's a 1970 Buick GSX Stage 1 it was delivered to Colonial Buick in New Orleans. Uh, Louisiana in April 1970 and is one of 400 GSX models produced with stage one performance package for the model year. So that's exceedingly rare because you know that not all 400 of them are still in existence. Power comes from a 455 cubic inch V8 that is backed by a, a three-speed automatic transmission. Finished in Saturn yellow with black stripes, the car is also equipped with air conditioning, power steering, a sonomatic radio, and rally ride control package. Uh, refurbished approximately 15 years ago in Texas, the car was acquired by the seller in February 2019, and subsequent service included an engine rebuild, fluid changes, and replacement of the tires and the AC compressor. Um, and, and included binder contains copies of the sales invoice, uh, factory build sheet, Buick GS national scorecards, AACA correspondence, and the ownership documents. I'm, this G- I'm guessing that it's a cousin of the Chevelle 
because it looks very similar to a friend of mine's when we were in high school. Yes, I mean they were all they all looked sort of similar. You know, whether it was a, a Chevy, a Buick, a Pontiac, you know, they all looked kind of the same. Uh, you know, with the double headlights in front, and you know, it, the, the body sort of, you know, the sides of it looked the same because I think they were. Um, you know, just just enough changes to give it, a, you know, the look of a Buick or the look of a Pontiac or the look of a Chevy. Um, so yeah, th- this is. Uh, is clean California title in the Chino Hills, so not that far from Palm Springs. Uh, but what's interesting is that uh, it was introduced to, uh, to the Buick Grand Sport lineup in the mid in mid nineteen seventy. The GSX model was effectively a one thousand one hundred and ninety six dollar option package. That's expensive for the time, you know. That that is not a cheap version. Uh, so very few of these. I love the console with the horseshoe shifter. Um, they have the original, uh, uh, what is it? The original uh, uh, sticker, for, you know, for the window sticker, and that was pretty interesting to look at. You know, the the air conditioner was the other expensive thing. So the GX the GSX package was one thousand one hundred ninety five dollars and eighty seven cents. The power steering fast ratio was one hundred and twenty one dollars. The sonomatic radio, which wasn't even that great, but that was sixty nine dollars and that was expensive. But the air conditioner was three hundred and seventy five dollars and ninety nine cents. So yeah, so it's uh it, it turned you know it starts at three thousand two hundred and eighty three dollars, but ends up at five thousand three hundred and fifty one dollars and sixty eight cents. So somebody really you know wanted a special car like this, and and that certainly is it. It's a uh, it's a beauty. So it's already bid up to eighty thousand dollars. And, and it closes in three days. So it'll be interesting to see what it sells for. <laughs> All right. Now to the next sure. one, which I, I have to say, I don't see many of. This is a, a 1980 BMW M1. Now, okay, the M, the, the 1980 M1, this was the genesis of the entire M division of, of, uh, of BMW because – before that, there was no such thing as an M3 or an, you know, an M8 or any any of those things that didn't exist. This was the genesis of the entire M line, you know, the motorsport line of BMW. Uh, so this 1980 M BMW M1 is one of approximately 400 road going. Some of them were race only uh, cars produced. Uh, and was delivered new in ni- in August 1979 to BMW Schneider in Germany. Uh, the car was modified in the early 1980s by BMW dealer AHG uh, with their study package, which in- uh, which increased the output of the uh, 3.5 liter uh, inline uh, M88 six-cylinder engine, um, and they put on a body kit and they repainted it with BMW Motorsport livery, um, three-piece BBS wheels, custom exhaust, full other uh, seat upholstery. Uh, factory equipment included a, a ZF a spy, five-speed uh, manual transaxle, transaxle, limited slip differential, adjustable suspension, air conditioning. Wow, they actually had air conditioning and power windows. After being imported to the U.S., the car resided in a Georgia collection until 1995 and was purchased in 2011 by a Texas collector. Uh, the time spent uh, 
the, the then spent time as part of the AE Performance Collection shared by Paul Rocker, uh, who's now dead, of course, uh, and Roger Rodas in Valencia before being acquired in 2014 by the current owner. The car was featured on Bring a Trailer in 2014 and now shows just uh, 7,000 kilometers, about 4,000 miles. This M1 is offered on dealer consignment in Costa Mesa, California with a clean Montana title. So somebody's dodging taxes by having it you know, with a Montana title. It's probably never even been in Montana. I, so I have to tell you that I did a double take when I first looked at this and saw the speedometer and then went, oh, kilometers. It's kilometers, yeah. It's yeah. a little bit different. Because it yeah. went up to 280 kilometers an hour. Right. Uh, so this, uh, it's currently bid up to 390,000. Uh, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be high because by the time this, this closes, uh, this is not going to be a cheap car. This is a rare example. It's in pristine condition with very low mileage or, I guess, kilometer uh, kilometers on it. So, uh, And it looks to be uh, – the undercarriage looks amazing. It's, uh, it's quite a car to be – to behold, you just, you just don't see them. I don't no. see them on the road at all. It's almost a never, you know, you never see it. These are museum collection things. And having the Paul Walker provenance probably will push up the price as well. So let's go to the, my next pick, which is, you know, it seems very pedestrian by comparison. It's a 2003 Volkswagen Eurovan MV Weekender. Now, 2003 was the last year that VW sold either the Weekender or the uh, or the Camper packages uh, in the United States with the, uh, the the van style. They just stopped selling them because I guess for whatever reason they just stopped selling them. Uh, this uh, 2003 Volkswagen Eurovan Weekender is finished in green with a silver top over gray cloth interior and is powered by a 2.8 liter VR6. So this is a front uh, front engine air cooled, not a rear engine. Uh, I mean, front engine water cooled, not a rear engine air cooled, with a four speed automatic transaxle. The van is equipped with a Westphalia pop top, so you can sleep up in top. Uh, seating uh, for seven, a convertible bed, tinted windows. <clears throat> curtains and an alpine head unit uh the van was delivered new to rivers uh, riverhead vw in new york and was acquired by the seller out of california in 2007 uh service in 2019 included replacing the valve cover and timing uh cover gaskets as well as uh timing chain uh, tensioner and the uh, transaxle fluid was changed in 2020. Uh, now showing just 84,000 miles, this Eurovan is offered in California uh, with service records from current ownership, a clean Carfax report, and a clean California title. Yay! So it's a California title <laughs> being sold in California. It's in San Diego. They must uh, have they used a brand new uh, iPhone 12 when they photographed this thing because they did a beautiful job of making this van look extraordinarily spacious inside. Yes, they, they, they did. But it, it is pretty spacious. I mean, this is, a, you know, this is sort of a big, you know, look how big the windows are. I mean, you can really see everything. It's a, you know, it's a, it's fairly big to begin with, but it also has uh, air conditioning, which they didn't mention here, but it's, you know, so it, this is really a very good car to, to have. Now th this is, 
it's just you know they don't there aren't many of them and it will be bid up it's up at 17,750 right now it's got three days to go uh again this is the re- the difference between the weekender and then the full camper is that this doesn't have a kitchen in it it doesn't have a kitchen and didn't really have the same sort of refrigerator and and the, you know the gas hookup isn't hookup gas and water hookups things like that so this is just the you know i'm going for the weekend we're gonna sleep in the van and go to the beach or whatever the case may be and this is uh, this is it. <clears throat> so th- these are, but these are rare, and because you know, 2003 was the last year. Um, you know, you just you don't see them very much anymore. Uh, and uh, the ones that do come up actually sell quite easily. Whoever you know, whoever finds it will you know. Th- there's there's always a buyer for one of these things. All right. <clears throat> Moving on to another one that is, a, I know you're going to think is strange, but it's a 1994 Toyota Previa. This was their minivan before they, before they uh, actually, you know, made the Sienna, which is now their current minivan. And this was a very unusual because the, the, you know, the engine was sort of like in the middle of the car, and it was a rear drive, uh, not a front drive. Uh, very unusual, and these are very highly prized, believe it or not, and these will sell immediately. I see them. It's, it's like a mini. It's like a small pickup truck. You know, like a, like the old type that was small. Those are very very highly prized, despite being beat up. But I got to tell thing, you, um, I my uh, boss in 1994 had one of these. And, a Privia. Yeah, and uh, she, you know, she had a couple of young uh, kids and all that. So you know, getting the family around, I guess you know it was great for that. But I always. This design of minivan to me always was like nails down a chalkboard to me. I don't know why, <laughs> but I have I think that they are just uh, almost as ugly as uh, AMC Pacer. Did you like the Dustbuster uh, General Motors ones, like the Lumina? And the, I don't uh, even remember transport. now that I now that you mentioned they they were called Dustbusters because they had that sort of nose to the front of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the and and if these also can come in a supercharged version with all-wheel drive, and those are very very rare, and those would go for much more money. But this one uh, is uh, finished in silver leaf, metallic over gray cloth, and is powered by a 2.4 liter inline four, uh, paired with uh, a four-speed automatic transmission. Includes 15-inch uh, steel wheels, running boards, uh, receiver hitch, air conditioning, cassette stereo, and power accessories. The selling dealer acquired the van in November 2020 and has added a handful of the 163,000 miles this uh, car now shows. Uh, it's uh, let's see, it's uh, got a clean New Jersey title and it's available in Bridgewater, New Jersey. I, I think I think they're amazing. Like I said, the, these have a following to them. I know that sounds weird, well, uh, but they have a real following to the, them. The current bid's only thirty seven hundred dollars, though. Right, but you remember it has one hundred and sixty three thousand miles. Yeah, I think I think it'll probably go for you know five or seven thousand dollars just because of that. Uh, but it closes in three days. Uh, we'll see what happens. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. We're talking Bernard Taylor and more auction picks when we get back.
Todd Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Just a second there, Todd. Uh, We're having a problem hearing you, actually, so I'm going to try something else here. Uh, Let's see. Talk to me now. How about uh, the 1969 Chevy Camaro you talked about? Yeah. I found that. You sent me the link, and I was looking at it. It is quite a beautiful, clean car. It's already bid to forty-one thousand. I'm, you know, that's really very good for something like this. And I just wanted to read what it said about it. It's uh, '69 Camaro Z28 is finished in burgundy with white stripes over a black interior, and powered by a 302 cubic inch V8 paired with a Muncie M22 four-speed manual transmission. Additional equipment includes 15-inch rally wheels, a cowl induction hood, rear spoiler, front disc brakes a dual exhaust system, a Hurst shifter, and a four-speed, uh, and an AM, a four-speed sh- shifter, and uh, let's see, and an AM radio. The car was acquired by the selling dealer 11 years ago, and, su- and subsequent service included a carburetor rebuild as well as fluid flushes. The Z28 is offered uh, with a protecto plate manufacturer's literature and a past Iowa registration car cards as well as a clean Georgia title and it's available in Wisconsin. I, you know, these, these are amazing how they have you know titles in different states and stuff for sale in a, you know in another state. Uh, what I liked when, when I was uh, going through the pictures what I liked about it is that it really does look very original. It doesn't you know I like the fact that it has the uh, center console which always gives it a special look and they didn't mention that as being an option but the center console with the fake wood trim would have been an option as well as the gauge pack which is part of that console. what I, you know, the, the, it it does look very clean. I love the gauge package, the yeah. AM radio. I don't, I don't even know if you can get AM radio stations anymore, but I guess they're out there. Well, I hope uh, so. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, is, is the, I, I, they're definitely out there. I know that yeah. there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk talk radio these days on AM. Uh, let's see, and uh, it even has a clock, which I think was an option as well. That wasn't standard. Uh, but might have been part of the gauge package, but it, uh, you know, it looks in very clean condition. I'll, I love the fact that it has the uh, um, uh, the high beams. You know, the old style little switch on the floor where you put your foot. You know, you use your foot turned on and off. Yeah, I think those are. Co- I think those are cool. I mean, they you know certainly don't have those anymore. But I thought it was very cool to see something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we'll we'll see, we'll see what it uh, closes. Uh, like it's I said, a it's a bit car. at forty one. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. I'd bid at forty one thousand. I'll put it on my watch list, and it closes in three days. Uh, now my last pick, I did it just because I want to see what crazy people are going to pay for this thing. This is a. <clears throat> there's really nothing special about it, but here it is. It's a seventy six thousand miles. So this only has seventy six thousand miles on it. Nineteen eighty Ford F two fifty four by four custom yep i drove a car it's just a single cab there's no extra cab to it it's very stock looking it doesn't have air conditioning it uh you know it has a 5.8 liter v uh windsor v8 let's see what it says uh 1984 f250 so that's the the one step up from the f150 so that's the uh uh from quarter ton to half ton uh four by four custom is a 
uh, style side. So in other words, not step side uh, pickup that was first delivered to Frontier Ford of Rockford, Illinois, and is said to have remained with its original owner in storage until the selling dealer acquired it in uh, 2000 in October 2020. The truck is powered by a 5.8 liter uh, V8 mated to a three-speed automatic transmission uh, with a dual-range transfer case and is finished in midnight blue metallic over blue vinyl. Lovely to sit on that vinyl, especially when it's hot. Uh, equipment I remember includes it all too locking well. <laughs> hubs. Yeah, I mean, my dad had is, a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I I drove one of these for work, and it was absolute hell. So lower lower body side molding, uh, towing mirrors, a uh, tool storage box, uh, uh, ancillary fuel tanks. So wow, that's gonna really. I don't know how many tow gallons it can hold but if it has two fuel tanks it's got to be a lot uh so let's see it's uh offered at no reserve with a window sticker and a clean wisconsin title so it actually is in wisconsin it's in watertown wisconsin uh with a wisconsin title I drove one of these for work. I worked for a construction contractor, except it had a four-speed uh, transmission, you know, manual transmission. And that car, that truck was just a bear to be in. I mean, first yeah. of all, it was hot. He didn't have air conditioning in it either. So, you know, you basically had to, you know, you basically had to, you know, sweat your, you know, your ass off as you drove, you know, during the, during, you know, the, the day in the summer in, in Southern California. Um and in traffic, it was hell. It rode like hell. <laughs> you know, the AM radio barely got in. You know, the stations if you got in. You know, if you got in the canyons or whatever. So it was. It was not a fun truck to drive. That's no. all I can say. I mean, you know, it was utilitarian certainly, but you know, somebody's already bid. They've already bid this thing up to thirty-five thousand dollars, which is far more than it was new. And so I'm sort of curious to see what people. The re, like I said, the reason I, I I put it on my list is because I'm curious to see what people pay for these things because for whatever reason old pickup trucks and you know 1980 I guess is considered old yeah uh, what would that be 40 years at this point um, you, you know it's um, these are getting to be collectible believe it or not and this one is in you know incredibly nice condition with only six seventy six thousand miles which is very very low uh, and I don't know whether somebody's actually going to use it you know as you know as a truck truck or they're just going to put it in their garage and use it occasionally to go to Home Depot or or Costco and throw some stuff in the back uh, my guess is it won't get any heavy use it will get basically it could tow anything by the way I mean it's got a gigantic engine with you know uh, with a you know half ton capacity not quarter tons so this could to really tow something if somebody wanted to do it and you know with a four by four and you know it could be out in the country or whatever i don't know if anybody's going to get it muddy though but somebody's going to buy this and they're going to pay certainly more than thirty five thousand dollars for it which is probably going to end up being double what it was when it was new right um, they're just getting very collectible for whatever reason and people are starting to buy you know pay more for them sort of like why the you know i don't understand the fj cruiser thing either where you know why why would you pay that much for the you know, that what, what i thought was a piece of crap car right uh, you know, <laughs> but i guess there it is so so this is with a pickup truck I want, cheap, I want to see what it sells for with all of its cheap plastic accoutrement inside oh, horrible yeah. I, just, I didn't even <laughs> want to touch the services they look so so awful i mean you know it's yeah. one of those things you don't want to see well, John, I've really enjoyed being here with you. Likewise. Uh, I'm glad we're in 2021. It's uh, great to be back on iHub Radio. I love being on All Revved Up, and I hope to see you next week for the same show at the same time. 